Hi, welcome to the Sayers Conversation podcast. As part of the special Innovators series, our guest today is Michael Nusiforo, CEO and founder of Thriday. Enjoy. All right, welcome. Welcome to a Sayers Conversation. I, hey, Freddie, we're going to do um, this is like the Innovators series, I think. So we've got Michael Nusiforo. Now, Michael is the chief, the chief elimination officer. Yeah, you like that one? <laughs> the Chief Elimination Officer of Friday. Um, now, Michael, you're very welcome here at the Sayers Conversation. In order for you to get into the vibe, what we yep. like to do is we like to play you some sounds. There's going to be five sounds, and I want you to you know, close your eyes even and just think about which sound most appeals to you for a chat. Let's go to the first one, Freddie. Beautiful. Michael, what have we got there? We've got a fire, fireside, beachside, pubside, on a boat in the windside, and forest. I think the first one was fireside, but it actually sounded a little bit like Riders on the Storm, yeah. which oh, is one of my uh, favourite songs. So I think we go with that one. Yeah, okay. And we'll, we might have a little Riders on the Storm you know, sound bed during the course of this podcast. Who knows? We might do that. Hey, Michael, um, you're really welcome here. I'm, I'm very happy with the fireside chat. Always like that. Um, in, it, in fact... There's nothing better. In particular, it's the 1st of June, first day of winter. So, you know, are you a fireman? As in, do you do you like the, the open fire at home? Are you? I, I don't have one at home, but I do love, uh, I do love an open fire for sure. When yeah. I was a kid, we used to have one. Yeah, there's nothing better, is there, than just, you know, relaxing in front of an open fire, uh, staring at it. There's a, there's a Dutch... I do have a fear of them, though. Oh, tell me. Tell, tell I'll you tell you why. Yeah. I, um, we, had a, we had a fireplace... Oh, yeah. And okay. uh, I was sitting there eating dinner as a kid and a bat flew out of the fireplace. Wow. Right at me. I was home alone. <laughs> Jeez. And I had to spend about two hours trying to get it out of the house. And that is a true story. My good God. <laughs> okay, so um, we're going we're gonna to have to have a think about, during the course of our podcasts, um, stories that happened to you in your childhood that you just wouldn't believe. That would be right up there about coming out of a fireplace. Um, I don't know that I'd really like that. And fair enough, having a fear. Um, I was going to tell you about a new word that I learnt um, last week. The Dutch have a word for doing nothing, uh, the positive side of doing nothing, like literally sitting down and looking at a fire. They call it Nixon. Yeah? So N-I-K-S-O-N. So doing a bit of Nixon. Anyway, we're not doing Nixon today. We're, we're having a conversation. So Friday, um, I love it. I love it, but let's just go right back to the elimination officer. I don't understand that. Go, tell me why you're an elimination officer. Yes, yeah, so I am the chief executive officer. Mm. Um, we decided to to do something different in the sense that our actual mission is to eliminate financial admin for small businesses. Right. So I couldn't think of a more pertinent way to reflect that in my own title as putting the word in there. Yeah. Um, and it's a it's a question that comes up all the time. So I love telling people that's the reason it's there. I, I love it. Okay, so. Small to medium enterprise is Friday's core audience. Yep. Okay, so just give me, you know, from you know one person to how many? Uh, usually it's around 10 to 12 staff. Yeah. Um, the reason for that is I think when your business scales beyond that, um, it's typical for you to have a finance function or, you know, to, to outsource it. Right. And you probably have the budget to afford it. 
I think below that, you're looking for something that's efficient, cost-effective and, and gets the job done. Okay, so when I look at Thriday, um, great, love the app. Um, when I look at Thriday, um, okay, so there's Zero, there's MYOB, there's other, there's, there are, they're well-known brands. Um, so is that who you're competing with? We are, but we, we consider ourselves a new category. So to sort of answer that question, I want to I sort of take the listeners back a little bit. So I guess for many centuries, uh, you know, accounting was a function of, um, you know, recording things in books. Um, and I guess that, that information or the knowledge to prepare reports and all of that was, was really restricted to that profession. Mm. Uh, then in the sort of 90s came along your MyOBS and Zeros that introduced uh, cloud and, and software. But primarily the job was still done by an accountant. Mm-hmm. And we're now at a tipping point, and I think this is you know, very accessible now to most people in the form of things like ChatGPT, where Thriday is pushing it to the next generation, I guess, which is automation. So we believe and we have automated what typically a bookkeeper and accountant would do by building logic, algorithms and interpreting transactions that normally a person would have to read to figure out, okay, this transaction applies to this type of tax treatment or this type of chart of accounts. Okay, so the... Um well, you're in the Good One studio, so the Good One are a small, small to medium enterprise, um, three partners, a few employees. So, why would they use Thriday over the competitors? Two reasons, primarily. I think what we've seen with those competitors is um, when, when you're using Zero, no criticism of them because they built a huge brand and a huge business, and we admire them greatly. But you still have to invest a huge amount of time, and on average, a small business will spend six hours a week doing invoicing, chasing up unpaid bills, categorising transactions, preparing for their tax returns. On top of that, they'll spend about $3,000 a year. So through automation, like all automation, we're able to drive efficiencies that bring those two things down significantly. On the six hours, we actually reduce it by 90%. So you'll spend about 30 minutes a week. On the cost side... Tom! (laughs) On the cost side, it's a flat $30 a month. So you're spending $300 instead of $3,000. So um, that's the pitch. And the beautiful thing about it, we've actually integrated banking into accounting and tax. So what that means is when you sign up for Thriday, we issue you a bank account and debit cards. So all you need to do is spend money on those accounts and earn money into those accounts. Uh Uh-huh. And we do the rest automatically. So you don't actually have to do anything other than spend and earn money as a business and we take care of the rest. Okay, so the accountant um, who is uh, assisting, well, let's, let's keep going with Good One. So Good One employs an account. They, they do their own books, but yep. then they have an accountant to do their statements and make sure they're up to date with the ATO, et cetera. Do they, do they need that person? No, so we, we say you don't, but we would encourage people that if they have needs beyond pure sort of number crunching. So they need advisory, like we need to think uh-huh. of a plan about how we expand into a new country. How do we set up? Uh, are, we, are we better structured as a company or as a sole trader? Use them for that advice. And the analogy I give is that, you know, if you go to the gym, you don't use a personal trainer every time you go to the gym. Use a personal trainer perhaps once a week or once a month to make sure that they're course correcting you, making sure you've got the right form. We're encouraging our clients to use an accountant for that. Mm-hmm. But... Most businesses at that size, they don't really need much advisory. You know, okay. it's a tradie, it's a, it's a creative, it's a photographer, it's, it's a, a restaurant owner. They're not, they're not needing a lot of strategy. So we've basically, for most businesses, removed the need for that accountant. But 
a lot of people ask me, we're not against accountants. Mm-hmm. We're just focused on the customer and like how do we make this cheaper and easier and, and better for them? Right. And by doing that, yes, we've reduced the need for accountants for most yeah, businesses. Yeah, beautiful though, but you're a productivity tool and yes. you are a disruptor. That is spot on. We right. call ourselves a productivity tool, chief elimination. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the full circle of why the name uh, came about. Yeah, I, well, I like that, but then the name Friday. So I just I just figured it was, you know, Thrive by Friday, but is is, is that the... Is that the core? Is that what the do you root? think it is? That's what I thought. Okay, you thrive. You know, I want. I want. You want. You want your customers to be thriving by Friday, and so therefore you came up with Friday. But you know, tell me. I love it. We kept it intentionally a little bit ambiguous. What what it actually is is thrive every day. Well, that's better. And some people go to us. I thought it was. I interpreted it as uh, you get everything done by. Uh, Thursday so you can relax on Friday or t- your, your one. So I, I actually love hearing people's uh, own interpretations of yeah, what it is. Yeah. But when we actually came up with the name, we said um, we, we, got a, we got some branding advice and uh, the advice was it's actually good to invite inquiry about sure. what the name is. So sure. we actually kept it a little bit ambiguous yeah. based on that. Well, you've, you've reminded me of um, Seek you know, and the, the great story behind Seek. Uh, Matt Rockman, is, he was responsible for the Seek name and simply because... So he said, how come Seek? Because it does make a whole lot of sense, really, doesn't it, when you think about the proposition. But he actually came up with Seek because he was pressing the fast-forward button on his VC, <laughs> on his VCR. And in the old days, it would say Seek as you were like the screen. So he goes, I've got it. I've always liked that story. You're right. You're right, Michael. If you've got a storyline behind the brand, it just does, it helps with the conversation. So... Speaking of conversation, this isn't your this isn't your first time into the tech world, right? Correct. So, you had a business, Parkhound. Yes, uh, that was a marketplace. Um, marketplace. Uh, let's go right back. What is a marketplace? For me, it's actually. I think there's different interpretations. Obviously, for some, it's connecting different parties, um, you know, to to share or exchange on a good. Um, for me, it's actually typically when you think about it, it's unlocking something that um, is available almost on the private market. So the examples I would give, obviously the big ones are Uber and Airbnb, where mm-hmm. it's unlocking the fact that you can access someone's private vehicle or private home. In the context of Parkhound, it was applying that model to parking. Okay, yeah. sounds like a good idea. What happened? Uh, really interesting business. So we bootstrapped that business. It was a business where when you run a marketplace, you can keep the cost quite low because you're not responsible or paying for the inventory. Mm-hmm. You're essentially building the software to... Uh, you know, create a communication platform between the buyer and seller. So we're actually able to build that business um, just just off our own back. And um, we ran that business for four years. Um, we grew it to a scale that we felt, I think when you start a business, you have a certain sense of what the ceiling or, or you know, some would say the, um, the target um, or the TAM for that, you know, the, the maximum capacity, I guess, for how many parking spaces are available in Australia by private, you know, mm-hmm. landlords. Um, we came to the view that we were nearing that capacity um, and we actually had an acquisition offer on the table, which was really interesting. And we thought, look, we sort of think we've taken this as far as it can go. Yeah, great. And um, yeah, the business is still alive. So the guys have taken it and actually still running it and they've actually expanded it overseas as well. So that's off to them. And it's a good name, Parkhound. I like it. Hey, so um, you're beyond you're beyond bootstrapping though, aren't you, when it comes to Thriday? Yes, Thriday, completely different. Yeah. So you cannot build a banking, accounting and tax platform, unfortunately, with a little bit of money. So we um, we put a bit of our own money at the start. We yeah. then went through a $3 million seed round yeah. and then we did a $6 million 
we called it a pre-Series A um, last year, which was actually led by NAB Ventures, which is obviously the investment arm of National Australia Bank. Right. Now, but also LaunchVic got involved? Yeah, we had, um, we've, got, we've got a lot of different support parties and partners, including LaunchVic, Microsoft. Um, we're part of the 30 for 30 program, which is a series of um, scale-ups trying, uh, you know, trying to take it to the next level with support from the, from the government, yep. which is great. Yep. Um, and I think you need that because it is th- it's tough. You know, let's be frank. Like we're competing with zero, we're competing with banks, yeah, and we're just a small, scrappy startup, and okay. we take any help we can get. So when you're when you're when you've got NAB, Microsoft, um, LaunchVic, they're involved with your business. Do they do they determine? That's probably not the right word, but let's use that word. Do they determine where you invest, or are they? It's here's some cash over to you guys. It's it's primarily that. Um, they will like one of the, the NAB investors is on our board and he's fantastic, Todd. But ultimately, we go to the board with our recommendations, our approaches, and, and they'll listen, they'll critique, they'll give feedback, they might disagree. Mm-hmm. But obviously, generally, um, which is great, and I believe in this myself, is the closest you are to the decision, the more likely you are yep. to make a better decision. And I think that's the principle that our board members take and our investors take. Tell me more about LaunchVic. I mean, I, I, I know a bit about LaunchVic, and you know. My observation is, geez, they're doing some good things. Um, but just tell us tell us the good, the bad and the ugly about LaunchVic. Uh, look, LaunchVic has found a great niche in terms of being funded by the government to create programs and a community to support startups, which is a lonely journey. Mm. So how they do that is they run a series of events and they run specific programs for specific things. So the one that we're on is specifically for startups. I've said specifically many times there, but um, so it's for startups that are trying to scale. So, you know, sort of that series A, maybe done one or two rounds of funding, trying to take the next level. They then have programs specifically for people to help establish their business so very early on. Right. And the reason they do that is there is, um, there's a variety of people looking to start a business. So whether you're an experienced corporate person, and moving into it, or whether you're a university graduate moving into it, there's different levels of support, training, guidance that you need. And through those programs, you also get access to mentors, obviously powerful connections, networking, and all of that. It is absolutely essential, like any thriving startup ecosystem globally has that type of government collaboration with the ecosystem. Yeah, yep. Because without it... Um, it's just be a myriad of different startups going and doing their own thing. And so what's your observation on Melbourne's ecosystem? Look, firstly, I went. Um, I shouldn't do a podcast after having a big night out, but we actually had the Finneys, which is the FinTech Australia Awards last night, which is also supported by the Victorian government. Um, it, it's fantastic. And I think I used to live over, I used to live in London. Um, I used to live in New York. Mm-hmm. And we punch way above our weight for the size of the economy and, and the size of the city, yeah, for sure. And, and so the Finneys, FinTech, so did you discover anything there? You think, oh, geez, I wouldn't mind putting my money in that one. So was there some good <laughs> – there was some, was there some exciting propositions? Oh, there are – look, firstly, I don't, I don't think we – you know, globally, I don't think we appreciate some of the startups that have emerged yeah. here. Yeah. You know, there's Airwallocks, yeah. huge multi-billion dollar business. Yeah. Obviously, Afterpay. Yeah. Um, FinTech, we are very, very strong at in Australia, yeah. for sure. Yeah. And definitely last night I saw some great, great new startups that were either doing stuff in insurance, doing stuff in crypto. There's a lot of really cool things happening. And I think for us, um, it was great to get together and actually just celebrate and, and meet meet each other because we're often 
when you're running a business, you just heads down, you know, okay. working every totally. day. Yeah. Okay, so Friday. Um, so Michael, my you know great interest is in brand and growth and marketing and you know how how you get more customers really. So tell us, you've got some money in the bank. Um, you've got a brand. You've got a website. It's very. It, it all looks good. You look you look ready to really rock. So are you rocking in terms of growth? Uh, and what are you doing to get even more growth? Yeah, good question. So we are we are rocking, which is amazing, and. We, we look at leading, you, you'll be interested in this, we look at leading and lagging indicators of our growth. So from a leading perspective, just for the audience, leading things are, um, are people actually satisfied? Are they, are they staying and using the product? Are they paying for it? Because that indicates that um, more and more customers will come and you will get obviously word of mouth and things like that. So our leading indicators and, and probably the most common one that most businesses track is MPS, which is your net promoter score. We're actually at 75, which is incredibly high, mm-hmm. world-class. Mm-hmm. Super proud of that. Um, we also track product market fit and we track another score called customer effort score. All of those are through the roof, which is great. So we know that as we acquire more customers and if we can hold that, naturally more and more will come, more and more people will get word of mouth. And the small business ecosystem, which is great, who we're targeting, yep. Naturally, they do talk and engage with other small businesses about the products they're using. Yeah. So we're finding a lot of word of mouth and about 50, 60% of our traffic is organic through SEO. So we've got a big SEO strategy as well because there's a long tail of different things that we can target mm-hmm. because of the depth and breadth of our product. How's your PR going, public relations? Pretty good as well. I think my um, park and my first business was all PR. Newspapers love stories about parking, cost yeah. of parking. So we got a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. And I think this one's a little bit different. It's probably not as interesting. Um, but definitely we've found that some journalists are really interested in obviously the work that we're doing to make things easier for small businesses. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I love it. Okay, so um, overseas, what's the plan? Um, we're in chats now with through the 30 by 30 program, which is part of this scaling. And um, there's obviously logical opportunities in Asia, Southeast Asia, Um and then even uh, even in Europe as well, mm-hmm. the ma- the market in those countries for accounting software is not as mature as here. I don't think people again talking about fintechs. Obviously, zeros from New Zealand, but you know, heavily uh, now sort of located here as well. Yeah. Um, and Myob is is from here. Um, probably the only other major accounting software in the world is QuickBooks, which is a US product. Yeah. yeah. But we've got two of the biggest right here. That's fascinating. That doesn't exist in other countries. Like yeah. if you're in the UK, if you're in Italy or something, they're just there isn't those types of platforms. So there is an opportunity for Thriday to go in those markets as well. And have you tested the brand in other markets yet? No. And no. I think that's going to be an interesting yeah. um, thing for us to consider and, and whether we evolve or change it. Also, one of the interesting things which you'll find interesting is when we, when we, do, um, when we started Thriday – we did a little bit of brand testing and all of that. But over time, you learn more about the business. And we now, for, for example, know very much who our target market is, what their needs are. We, for example, skew to females. So we have to ask ourselves the question, is our brand, now that we know more about mm-hmm. who this product's interesting to, yeah. does that resonate with that audience? Yeah. And is it worth changing or not? You oh, know, those types of considerations. Don't change it. I like it. Hey, so, so tell me, so you, who's building it for you? We build it all here. We've got a few people overseas because our CTO, he lives here, but he's from South Africa. Okay. Now, yep. you, you've got financial information. So, therefore, how do I know that that financial in- information is secure? Correct. So, we, we, we meet all the banking regulation standards. 
And to your point, we have everything stored here. Yeah. And we have to. And, and there's no way around that. Um, there's a certification that we have, which is called ISO compliance, which is information security obligations that meet the standards of a bank. Yeah. Um, and for us to issue and, and arrange for the products that we do, including the banking, that, that's the minimum that we have to adhere yeah. to. I used to own a um, pie factory, Michael, um, and one of the small to medium, small to medium enterprise. Four um, and 20. Uh, no, I wish, I wish. But no, 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 Casper's, good, good business. Anyway, um, the thing that I would worry about most days was poisoning someone. Mm. Yeah, um, you know, I think if you're in the food game, you know, clearly that is just something that you can lose sleep at night. If I was in your game, cyber, you know, and you know, people coming in and hacking and finding out, you know, you know, information. So tell me about. I know you've talked about the ISO, but do you need to go next level with cyber? Um, tell me, tell me what you're doing there. Yeah, I think it's it's as it's in crime, interesting. It's a cyber, similar crime. yeah yeah. It's a similar principle, I'd imagine, to your business. Yeah which is you have to implement a number of quality controls and alerting mechanisms. Yeah. So if you're seeing something that looks suspicious, notifying the right people yeah. or, or, or erring on the side of caution, so not allowing something to yeah. happen before you can confirm that it's safe. But I think our business and our team comes from that. I used to work in banking prior to, to uh-huh. doing Parkhound yeah. and uh, my CTO, all of us come from that background and I think what we've been able to leverage which is perhaps really interesting for people to understand is that there's so many new technologies uh, fraud monitoring systems etc etc that in fact whilst we are a startup because we're building our technology um, from a new baseline Mm -hmm. it's actually at the equivalent of what an experienced bank would have because their technology is you know from the you know, 1990s. I buy that. I buy yeah. that. So, that, so is there a fraud brand? So, so you've got um, Friday, you know, fraud protected by X. Do you do that? We don't, but I've actually, it's funny you mentioned that. When I used to work at the bank and it's something we could do, um, we actually did, did that. And I, I think branding security yeah. is, is a great idea. I think we yeah. should talk about that offline, as I yes. say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, Michael. So five years from now. I, no, actually, a question before that. Um, are you looking for money? Next year, probably. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and so that'll give people the option or the opportunity? Yes. So you better keep us informed on that front. In five years from now, what, what's the business? The business is global. Uh, I'd like to have over 100,000 customers. I know that's ambitious, but I think we can get there. Mm. And I think we are at a macro level helping Australia and other economies perform more efficiently because we have so much scale, we have so many small businesses that now can manage their finances more effectively, yeah, right? Yeah. That's the, that's the ambition. So the other thing I'll, I'll touch on here is when you think about Thriday today, it is typically a business uses Thriday. In five years' time, it will be a Thriday customer yeah. interacting with another Thriday customer and how we can streamline those experiences as well. So you send an invoice on Friday to another Friday customer mm-hmm. and we automatically schedule a payment for that invoice based on when your cash flow makes sense because we've got the information for both parties. So I think that's going to be super powerful. As we grow, as we get more customers on the platform, we can actually streamline more and more things between those. I love I love where you're going there, Michael. And you've, you've reminded me something of something which... Surprises me. Government has never done anything about it. Payment terms. Yes. The, the the opportunity to help small to medium enterprise by getting paid on time, there must be an opportunity there that you can help with. Or Correct. Would, would you want to help with that? 
No, absolutely. Yeah. That's a cash flow is huge. Yeah. It's it's really three things. People worry about their tax, not being able to pay it or it's wrong. Yeah. They worry about their cash flow. Yeah. And then they worry about, oh, can I take a little bit of money to, to live? <laughs> That's actually our business owners <laughs> think. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, exactly. All right. And you're solving it. Yeah. You're solving it with Friday. So I um, this morning I downloaded the app and I got myself a I've got myself a free one month trial. Yeah. So thank you for that. But what are you gonna do to me in a month? Uh, you have to <laughs> you gotta uh, we have two we actually have two options. So you can continue on a free plan, but you just have access to less of the functionality. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, as I said, it's a thirty dollar plan when you um if you want everything. Okay. Now, um, Michael, what we do is I, I this is Freddie who produces, good one producer. So I always just sort of go to Freddie now and just say, you don't actually have to have a question, Freddie, but if you've got a question for Michael, then give it to him and uh, why I think about how we warm up. Uh, not warm up, warm down. Warm down. Yeah, yeah. go on. Thank you, Russ, and thank you, Michael. Uh, sort of towards the top of the show, you talked about, uh, you know, uh, you'd still go to a personal trainer for the advice um, and the same with an accountant. Uh, within five years, uh, are we going to be getting towards the point where, you, you know, you can actually start to get AI-generated strategies? Yes. Yeah, I believe so. Okay. Because it's all data-driven. At the end of the day, whether it's a human or a system, it's all relying on data being presented to them that they can interpret and, and inform. And I think, absolutely, you can already see now, what's, uh, we've been using a lot of the new AI tools that have come out. You can already see the progression of that over three, four, five months. Yeah. So playing it out to five years, I'd be shocked. Shocked yeah. if I'll, you couldn't. I like where you're going there, Freddie. So tell us, so right now, what have you done with AI? We use it actually for our own system. So it was funny, when we started the business, we um, we actually, third, third hire was a chief data officer to manage a data science function, which is AI. Yep. And what we use AI for, which for many people, they're probably not going to understand this, but this is actually the secret source of Thriday. Today, when you do a transaction anywhere, and for, for listeners, you know when you log into an internet banking and you see the transaction and it's this really indecipherable yep. description of what it is. Yep. We actually take that transaction and we're able to interpret what it is and say this was a purchase at Officeworks. This therefore is a um, merchandise, exp- whatever it is. Yep. And we categorise that to a very high level of accuracy. Accuracy that exceeds a human. Okay. So if you're a business owner today, you'll often have your bookkeeper accountant call you up and go, hey, Freddie, mm. what's this transaction? Yeah. And you'll have to tell them. Oh, yeah. We've actually automated that. And, ha- <laughs> oh, that <one. laughs> and, and the, the reason we can do that is we've actually had 50,000 real-world transactions happen on the platform right. that we're able to train. And then it's constantly training. When you or you do a transaction, we're always learning. Mm. And it, it's, it's, it's exponentially growing in terms of its knowledge. Right. What that allows us to do is, if you think about it fundamentally, once you understand what a transaction is, you can then determine what tax obligation it has, whether the person was GST registered or not, et cetera, et cetera. And we're then able to do all the books. We then just have a very simple, not oversimplifying it, but we have a very simple set of logic based on all the Australian tax rules and it's all calculated from that. So that AI is already in the platform. And then we also use AI to do things like tax forecasting. So we tell you, based on where you are today, where you expect to be, cash flow forecasting. Yeah. Um, and, and that's it. Yeah. Great, great, Michael. Well, let's, um, let's get back to that fire because um, I think we've, you know, we've prosecuted Thri- <laughs> Friday. 
Mate, I'm I'm thrilled for you. Thank you. You and your your partners and the, and investors. Um, I watched Zero with great interest and what they created quite quickly and the and the rapid ascent of that brand. Yes. Um, and how it took over other brands as well. Um, and so, all power to you. The opportunity is massive. Um, good luck. Thanks, Russ. Thanks, Freddie.